So good to see you, whether you're here in person online, we're really glad to be worshiping together. You made it through the week, it's the weekend, I made it to this awesome moment, and so I'm really thankful to be here. We get to participate in this together. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege to be able to talk with you today. Um, we're in this series, 2 Corinthians, and we're just kinda hitting some of the highlights of this book of the New Testament. And uh, we're gonna do this for a few weeks and we've got a special series, kind of back to school stuff planned and we'll take a break from 2 Corinthians. We'll go through that series and then we'll get back into this. So um, I'm really enjoying my study, my prep. I hope this continues to be a helpful series um, for you. So this is week two and uh, it's good to be here and doing this together. So I wanna start our time together today with a quote by a lady named um, Judith Deal She's a, I think she's retired now, but she's a prof at Denver Theological Seminary. She's a scholar. She's written a, a really helpful commentary on 2 Corinthians that um, is new to me and I'm enjoying. And she says this, and I think this is a great place to jump into what we're gonna talk about today. She says, is fully aware of life, suffering and hardships, and with humility, sincerity, and compassion, we must learn to gladly pray for one another with hope, focused on the God of all comfort. So last week, we talked about God being our comforter, and we talked about how not only does he comfort us directly, he also uses us to be comfort to other people. We talked about what Christian comfort looks like. And if you weren't with us, I'd recommend you go back and listen to that on our website. But if you were, one of the things, like kind of the first application point of being a person who God uses to comfort other people was prayer, always prayer. And so what I wanna do this weekend is I want us to just walk a little further, a little deeper into that idea of, of praying for one another. So, so this, is a, this is a message on prayer. Um, I've told you this before, I grew up in churches. Um, I have church baggage. Uh, when I remember walking out of sermons on prayer, feeling like um, I wasn't enough, like I was letting God down, like I was letting other people down, it, so this is not that, all right? So um, one of the things that we believe here is that, that we start where we are. <clears throat> Excuse me, so we just start where we are and we'll move forward from here. So wherever you happen to be on this, this thing, prayer, um, and praying for other people in particular, like you are, you are there, let's celebrate that. And then I wanna share with you some things that I think will help us move forward individually and also as a church. So to do this, we're still in 2 Corinthians. We're gonna stay in chapter one this week. And I read, wanna read a few verses to you, verses eight through 11. So last week we learned verses three through five. Paul's celebrating who God is and what we get to do in response to that. This week he kinda lets some, he lets some into some things that are going on in his life. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He's delivered us from such a deadly peril and he'll deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. And then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in the answer to the prayers of many. So I wanna just kinda walk us through those verses a little bit today, and I wanna start just by pointing out 
Um, the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, his vulnerability and his transparency about things that are going on in his life. And, and he, he tells this first century audience that, hey, I wanna make sure you know that I've been going through some stuff. And, and he references trouble that he had in Asia, and it's kind of fun to read the scholars and the historians about what that trouble was, and at the end of all of it, they're kind of honest, and they said, we don't know. Um, his first century audience knew, and, and all we know is what he has said to us. He went through some stuff that was so difficult that he thought he was done. And we, we despaired of life itself, thought it was over, and, and so he's, he is admitting like this physical, emotional, spiritual weakness, weak moments that he's, that he's been walking through. And I just kinda wanted to point at that a little bit because of our human tendency to just be fine, always fine. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine, I'm always fine. And, and so we have this moment of transparency and vulnerability on this subject of prayer. And I think what makes it even more remarkable is what's going on in this letter. The reason Paul's writing 2 Corinthians is he's talking to these guys and he's saying, hey, I, like, I'm really a minister of the gospel of Jesus. There's some people in town who've been looking at the church at Corinth and saying that Paul guy, he had it wrong. I mean, just look how weak he is. Look how he's always sick. Look how he's always in trouble. He's, like, he's this guy who doesn't speak very, like, he's, he's weak. If he were really a minister of the gospel, he would be strong. And he would not be suffering, he would be flourishing, and he would not, like he would not be poor and having to work all the time. He'd be well, like his, wife, his life would not be going wrong. His life would be going right. And, and in the face of that kind of criticism, what he does is he, he just kind of leads, he opens this letter saying, I gotta tell you guys, I'm, like, I am in the ringer. I've been through the ringer I, to the point of despairing of life itself. And what he's doing there is modeling for Christian people, but he's also he's also really raising the value on, on us as Christian people being transparent and vulnerable with each other because, because the risk that he's running by letting people know that he's struggling from the criticism or from the ostracism or from what, what the stuff that he's risking is it's well worth it because He's letting other people into his life and what he talks about is as I let you into my life and you pray for me, God begins to move, I receive benefit, you get to be part of God at work and everybody sees what God is doing and offers him praise. And so I, just, I really just wanted to like show us and, and maybe push us a little bit on this transparency and vulnerability thing with each other there is a lot of good things that happen when you and I let praying people into our lives. If somebody will pray for you, that's a really big deal. So let me, um, let me share with you four things that, that this praying for, that are true about praying for somebody else. And then after I walk us through these things, I'm gonna give you some next steps that might be a good next step for you, for us, the others at church. So, so here's, here's this first thing about praying for, just to encourage this in our lives. Praying for is working with God in the work that he is doing. And Paul just writes that to this church at Corinth and he says, well, he says the Lord's gonna continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. 
And, and so that, that little phrase there, the idea of you helping us, it's, it's kind of, it's words for group project. You know, it's about collaboration, working with, and it points two directions. It points working with God, and in just a moment, it points with working with other people. But there's this, there's this idea that people who pray actually get to work with God in the work that he is doing. Now, you hear me say this word work. I keep saying this word work. Let's just acknowledge, can I just acknowledge for you that prayer is work? I don't, I don't know what you've heard, how you've heard other people talk about it. Sometimes when you listen to people who may be way down the road in their prayer journey, they're farther than I am, they talk about these, like it's just this beautiful thing they can't wait to get to, and that's true in moments, but prayers work. So if you've ever tried to pray and gotten tired, okay, like that's okay. It's okay that you tried to pray and you got tired or, or that you came out of praying, like you're praying for somebody and all of a sudden your mind is wandering and you're distracted. Well, that doesn't mean that like you're bad at prayer or that you're a bad Christian or what that means is you've engaged in mental, emotional, spiritual work and work is hard. So if, if you've said, hey, this prayer thing, this is really hard, and wondered maybe if it's too hard for you, for it's not too hard for you. It's not too hard for you, but it is hard. It's work, and it's so cool because it's work that we're doing in partnership with, in collaboration with our Heavenly Father. So when we pray for somebody, we are working with God in the work that he's doing in other people's lives. That's a really cool thing. Here's the second thing about praying for. Praying for is working together to be of help to others. It's like when we pray for someone or something that's happening, we are doing spiritual work together to be of help to others. So this this collaboration thing about praying for other people, not only is it working with God, it's working together, and, and we are helping the people who are around us. And I love this, I give you that verse there, Acts chapter 12, verse five. This is the early days of the Christian church. Peter, the apostle Peter, was in prison, and they intended to hold him in prison, but earnest prayer was made to God by the church. This was not just like, it wasn't a one-person prayer thing. It was, it was a prayer meeting where the church gathered together to pray, and it wasn't like, hey, we got some coffee and we got some cookies out there, and in a minute we're gonna come in here and pray. Like, there was earnest prayer being made to God by the church, and I thought it was a cool thing. Um, this church did that for Pastor Greg when he had his brain bleed a couple years ago. Those of you who have you've been here that long, if you talk to Greg about, he was in the hospital, but he knew that service happened. If you talk to Greg about that service, he still cries about it. He just, it still brings tears to his eyes because the church prayed earnestly. And it doesn't, like that happens in a lot of other rooms. Our missions team, there's a group of people who gather every month to pray for our missionaries and the missions efforts of this church. And it's, it is like they gather together in earnest prayer. And it happens in small groups and it happens impromptu. Like it, that kind of thing happens here and it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing privilege that the people of God have to be able to work together to be of help 
to other people. I, I can't explain if you're wondering, so how does it, like, what difference does that make that a group of people gather somewhere in Rochester, Minnesota to pray for people who are in Cambodia, who are in Uganda? Like, how does that work? I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't give you a real answer to that. This is, well, it goes here. What I know is that the Bible tells us this over and over again, that when we pray, God moves and God comes to the rescue of other people. And so we have this, like we get to work with not only God, but we get to work with other people in the work that God is doing, all right? So that's praying for. So he's, when we pray, God moves. And here's the third thing about praying for. Praying for is a way to stand with those who are in need. And I'm, I'm pointing at um, Romans chapter 15, verses 30 through 32. The Apostle Paul, he's writing to a different church, but he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. And he's just asking for help. He's asking, would you guys, would you guys stand with me in this stuff that I'm going through? And, and would you just stand with me in prayer your prayers help because God moves, so would you stand with me in prayer? So this, this hit me this morning. I don't know if you guys saw, there's a big earthquake in Haiti today. I got friends in Haiti, and we've only heard from one of them. So, so what do I do from here? Well, I can pray. I, and, and I can stand in prayer with my friends who are in Haiti. And we'll find out what's going on in days ahead, but the best thing that I can do in these moments is to stand in, to pray for them. And that's, I stand with them in prayer. There's the stuff going on in Turkey. There's, things, there's stuff going on in all of our lives. There's people that we know. And, there, and you, kind of, you look at this prayer thing, it's like, man, I feel like oh, this, all I can do is pray. So um, a couple weeks ago, we are, our church is partners with the Dakota Alliance Church in Sisseton, South Dakota. And part of that partnership every year, we send a team over to go and serve with them, do ministry there in their community. And our team was over there and Marie and I sneaked over there for a day. So we, I'm not gonna claim to be on the trip, but we were over there for a day. And, and um, Jim Bird, Pastor Jim Bird is the guy who preaches at that church and he was talking to our team. And I wrote this down because he said this, he said, He's talking about prayer, and he said, prayer may seem like the least of things, but it is the most of things. Isn't that good? Prayer may seem like the least of things, but is the most of things, and he is absolutely right. It's a big deal in heaven, and it's a big deal on earth when we pray for each other. Because when we pray, God hears, God responds, God moves on behalf of the people that that we are praying for. And so it feels like this little thing, but you have to know, I'm just to, to raise the value of praying for someone else in our hearts and our minds, you have to know, prayer is not the least of things, it really truly is the most of things. Now, as I was prepping for this time, I was kind of reading through some different places in the Bible where where people asked for prayer or where they prayed. And kind of what surfaced out of the language is, of all of that is it seems like there are, there's, there are degrees of, of praying for someone. So I just kind of tried to put all this together for you so you can, so you can see what it looks like. And grab three instances. So 
And I take full credit for this slide. Our, um, our, our communications people didn't touch this one. So if you look at that and go, oh my gosh. It, <laughs> I did it. So, and I got it to them way too late for them to have any hope to fix it. So, um, so this is me. So in Ephesians chapter one, verse 16, the apostle Paul is talking to this church of people that he loves and he just, he says to him, he said, you know, I, I always make mention of you in my prayers or I always remember you in my prayers and I remember you with gratitude, with thanksgiving. And it, that's a, when you have a lot of stuff going on in your life or people, you have a lot of people with stuff going on in their life, this verse has always been a tremendous comfort to me because it feels like I, I don't have the time or the energy to spend a long time when there's a lot of requests. Does that make sense to you? And so this, there's this biblical legitimacy of making mention to the Lord the things that are going on in people's lives. There's, so I, I put that in purple, if you can see it there, because it's not like blue for cold, but it's not red or white hot. So it's just kinda, it's moving up the scale there. So that earnestly praying, that was from Acts chapter 12, where the church, their, their leader is in jail for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus and people who are holding him in jail have bad intentions for him in the next couple of days and all they can do, the most they can do is to pray for him. And so they are earnestly praying for him. And if you know the story, an angel of the Lord appears at the prison and wakes Peter up and opens the door, like walks him out of there. It's this amazing God moves in response to people's prayers. And so, so there's this earnest prayer that goes on behalf of other people. And then there's this, this statement in Colossians chapter four, this guy named Epaphras. And he was from the city of Colossae. And he had, he had gone to the apostle Paul and, and so when Paul's writing back to this church where this guy Epaphras is from, Paul says about Epaphras that he's always wrestling in prayer for you. And I think that's a fascinating image, like that he is wrestling in prayer. And so as I, as I, that sounds way different than I always make mention of you. That, that's like he is going to battle on behalf of the people that he knows and loves who he's separated from at this moment, can't be with them, so the most he can do is he can pray for them. So, he, so he's wrestling in prayer for them. And, and so I was looking at this, kinda how this seems to, there seems to be this progression or this scale of what praying for other people looks like in our lives. And, some of it's seen through biblically, but just some of it's through like my personal experience in praying for other people and also what I've observed in being around people who pray. So a lot of times this, where, where, your, where your heart, like the, the intensity or the passion of your praying, where it lands, sometimes it's, it's based on relationship, like how well you know this person. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's connected to Sometimes it's connected to maybe what it is you're praying about. Maybe if, maybe if there's somebody who's sick with something that you or somebody that's really close to you has had or there's somebody who's facing 
a difficulty that you know exactly what that difficulty is like, that you are able to, there's just this empathy and you're able to enter in with them emotionally and so and you, you head to the Lord with all that. And, and sometimes, and I've had this happen with me, sometimes you know, when you're kind of setting aside some time to pray and you've planned out what you're, a little bit of what you're gonna be praying about, it's like, I think that one, I'm gonna, I think that's gonna be some wrestling or that's gonna be, like this is, I think this is gonna be, I'm gonna be here on this one for a little while and, and begin to pray and one of the things that you thought was gonna be a make mention, all of a sudden it, this one, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's this one. I have, I have compassion or I have passion, I have a desire to see God move that, that I did not know was there and this other thing that I thought was gonna be the thing just kinda, it's purple you know, in, in the heat of the moment. And, you know, kind of trying to process, what is that? What is that? What is that when, when you're, there's someone you know and love and, and you have this great passion or, or maybe the thing just doesn't catch fire like you thought, is, is that bad? It's not bad. That's why I wanted you to see this, that I wanted you to see this little, there's this, this progression it seems to be and I can't find anything biblically that says like everything you start to pray about, like it's gotta be, you gotta be wrestling over this. I, I, think, I think what happens here is something that, that this just, it affirms to me a, a teaching from Romans chapter eight. I'm gonna share these verses with you. So see Apostle Paul, he's writing somewhere else, he's writing about prayer, he says in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So there's a lot of words there. The bottom of all of that that's really comforting to me is, is that crazy statement, we don't know how we should pray. So if you're, if you're sitting here and even my introductory comments didn't calm your heart and you're feeling like a slug in this area of prayer, can I just tell you we're all a slug in the area, of, like the Bible says it. We don't know how, like we don't pray, like we, we don't know how to do it, like we should. And instead of God sitting in, his he sitting in heaven with his arms folded and looking down at us saying, you bunch of ding-dongs, you need to, why don't you figure this out? What he's done for us is put God the Holy Spirit inside of us who leads us and teaches us and, and actually prays for us. And it's this beautiful thing that you and I all, like we just have to admit, okay, I don't know. I don't know how to pray like I'm supposed to. I'm gonna create some time and space, but I don't know how to pray like I'm supposed to. So I'm gonna enter into prayer and God the Holy Spirit is going to lead me to pray like I should. And, and so the beauty of this, to me, the beauty of this what these verses teach us is in prayer, you can't mess it up. <laughs> you can't mess it up. And I, I think for men in particular, we're not very good at doing things we're not very good at. We're, and this, I, I'm not a lady, so I don't know, but I know about guys, and I, what I know about us is like one of our greatest fears is failure or failing at something, and you know, a colossal, like a momentary colossal collapse is, and, 
also the downward slide where you just know I'm, I'm failing at this. I, so in prayer, you can't mess this up. You really can't. It's, it's, it's this wonderful thing that God has done for his people is he has put us in position to win. You can win in prayer by praying. It's to walking into a, a moment or minutes of prayer and saying, yep, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't, I don't know how to pray as I'm supposed to. I got this list of stuff in front of me and I'm, this is where I'm starting and maybe this is what I'm gonna be praying for and maybe I'm gonna pray for something else. Really, the only, two, the only way to mess up prayer is to not pray. And in this idea of praying for other people, the biggest way to mess that up is to look at somebody and say, hey, I'll pray for you and then don't do it. Other than that, you are, you are set up to win. Your heavenly father, has, he, has, he has promised, he's promised that he will move when we pray. And he'll move when you pray for yourself and he'll move when you pray for other people. He's promised that he will move when we pray. And, and so, like, we, we say it all the time, your prayer works, that's not really complete. Um, prayer moves God to work, and so you and I get to work with God, and we get to work with other people when we pray. And so God has, he has set us up to win on this, he's put his spirit inside of us, and we clear time, and we pray, and he's promised to move, and he leads us into how and what we should pray. This is just a win, it's a win all the way around. And so, so you and I get to be part of what God is and is going to do in the lives of other people if we will pray. So this is the fourth thing about prayer then connected to that. Praying for results in praise to. Okay, so at the end of those verses, 2 Corinthians 1, 11, he says, hey, you guys pray for me. God help, like God's helping me, you're praying for me, I'm helped by your prayers. And as you pray for me and God moves, then many people will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Many people are gonna give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor that God has given to us in response to their prayers. And when you pray for somebody and you start to see God move in their lives, there's a gratitude that wells up within you for who God is and what he's doing and it results in you giving him honor, praise, worship, what he's due because he's done some stuff. It's on Caring Bridge site today. You know what Caring Bridge is? It's a way that people who's, you know, they're going through illness particularly are able to communicate with a wide group of people in a private way. And so I was on the Caring Bridge site for um, friends of ours. And there's, we have some friends who there's, they've been in it for a while. And and we've been praying with them and a bunch of people have been praying with them and, and God is hearing and answering our prayers for healing and it is really cool to watch. And so this, this post today on the Caring Bridge site was just, it was a family member just honoring God for the work that he's doing in the life of their loved one. And so there's this written praise to God and then you know, those of us who've been praying in all of this, some of us are lazy and we just hit the little heart button, but other people, they really, really, like they're writing out their, their prayers of gratitude and praise to God for how he's moving. And I mean, God sees that. 
and we see it. And it's just this really, it's this great thing that, that our Heavenly Father, who, who when we pray, he, he comes to our rescue. When we pray, he comes to our rescue, the rescue of our loved ones, and we get to see it. And, and then we collectively honor him because we know it was him. Because we, we did the most we could do. We prayed and he responded and we know it was him and so we honor him in all of that. So this prayer thing, this praying for other people, this is it's an incredible privilege that God has given to us. So let me offer you a few things maybe that are our next steps for you. So the first one is vulnerability and transparency in our lives. And I'm gonna keep saying this to the upper Midwestern stiff, I'm fine, always fine <laughs> group that y'all are. Um, it's human, it's not, it is not regional, it is human. Everything in us wants to shield, to protect, to look like we've got it all together. We don't want to let other people know, because you know, what do other people do with, when you show them a weakness? There, there are people out there who, man, they've got their knives out and they're coming to the weak spot that you've made known to them. That happens, it's a real thing shouldn't happen amongst the people of God. In church, your church family, transparency, vulnerability results in love and people standing with you and for you and so being willing. I mean, if you need to, read through those verses again where he talks about we, what he's going, we thought we were gonna die. I'd given up all hope. This, he isn't saying like I had a hangnail and my aunt's cousin's dog is sick. There's, there is a transparency and a vulnerability there and a risk because there were people reading this letter that are coming with their knives when he says I'm weak. But he knows that when like the benefit of all that far outweighs that risk. And so the transparency and the vulnerability, and you don't have to be transparent and vulnerable with everybody, but you gotta have some people in your life that you can be transparent and vulnerable with, and somebody has to go first in one of those relationships. So I would just encourage you guys to be somebody who's willing to go first, to be transparent and vulnerable in lives. Second thing, this is our church, I don't know if you knew this, our church actually has a prayer list. We have an email team, a team that we, like we email a prayer list every week and when stuff goes on in people's lives and they call us and say, hey, would you let the prayer team know? There is an email that goes out and you could be part of that. If you feel like, I don't really even know what the first thing to do would be, that'd be a great thing to start and then to pray when those emails hit your inbox. And you could you just, you can email us here at the office, you can call the office this week and, and get on that prayer list and you could be part of that. And that would be a great starting point to be a person who prays for other people and we have a prayer event every month, but this, this month it's on Wednesday, August 25th for 12 hours. We're praying for our students, for our teachers, for administrators, for our communities. We all go back to school. There's just a little bit of stuff going on around that deal. And we need the Lord. Like our community needs the Lord and we're his people. And so we're gonna invite him in to what's happening in our families, in our community, with our teachers, our administrators. We want his hand of grace, blessing, leadership, guidance, peace over this community. And so we're gonna, we're gonna do the most we can do with that. We're gonna, we're gonna pray. 
That's Wednesday, August 25th. If you go to the website, it's click the prayer button. It's one of the main things that pop up there and you can get more information and connect to that. Um, your life group, for those of you who are in life groups, those are our small groups. If you're wondering, if you're in a small group, those of you who lead those things, you could kind of raise the priority of prayer in that group. And I know a lot of you have been on break over the summer and you're starting to come back for the fall and maybe for the fall you just take this and say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna create a little more space praying for each other and we're gonna do a little better job being transparent and vulnerable, things that are going on in our lives and we're gonna, we're gonna give ourselves some room in a meeting to, you know, we're not gonna save it till the end so that we just have to do a quick see y'all next week prayer, but like we're gonna put it here at the front so we have time to do more than just make mention of some things if God takes us into that in our prayer time. So those of you who are, are part of a, a group, that'd be, that'd be a great thing to, to take a next step together and to go to bat spiritually for each other, for a cause that has your heart and mind. So that'd be, that'd be a good next step. Um, this is the last one, to pray with people, like to pray when someone tells you something going on in their life and it's something that you would pray with them or pray for them about, to pray with them, like right there in that moment, just to say, hey, can I pray for you right now? I've, so I'm a little, I might be a little different because I'm a pastor and people are scared to tell me no about this kind of stuff, but I have never had somebody say no when I've said, can I pray with you right now about this? I've had people look really shocked. Um, but you know, if you don't give them a chance, like you, you see their eyes go big and you start praying for them, you're all, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys are looking at me like you do that to people? Sometimes. No, but when, when, you know, when you're sitting at coffee or at you know, the water cooler in here at, or in your family and somebody shares something with you that like, hey, this is, hey, could, could I just pray for you right now about this? And you get to be part of a really cool exchange there where not only you're going to bat for them spiritually, you're, you're doing work with God in that moment. And you're blowing wind in their sails because they know it's not just like, I'll pray for you and I wonder if they're ever really gonna pray for me or if that does any good, but they get to be part of, there's that moment of connection that happens there when, when the Lord steps into that and they get to experience that too. And so it's really cool. So you could, you could pray with someone when they give you something to pray about it. Yeah, I'm gonna say it again, I just love what Jim Bird said as we think about this. Prayer seems like, it may seem like the least of things, but it is the most of things. It's the most of things. We get to work with God, we get to work with other people, we get to stand with our friends, and, and as God moves and we see him move, we get to be part of that group of people who honor him for what he's doing in our lives. This praying for, this praying for is that this is a thing for us to chase as individual Christians and as a church family. It's the most that we can do. So I'd like to pray for you guys. Would you please bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Heavenly Father, we're, we're amazed that, that you care about people like us, and you do, um, you love us. You've given us Jesus, you have offered us forgiveness, you are you are a father of compassion, God of all comfort for us. You desire to be our comforter and the comforter of those around us and you let us work with you in that. And I just wanna say thank you that you would engage us and engage with us in these ways. 
pray for myself, I pray for my friends who are here, who are online. The Christ Community Church would be a place of prayer that, that we would be really good at praying and praying for each other, that we, would, that we would know that we've got people standing with us at all times, in every way, that you'd lead us to be transparent, you'd lead us to be vulnerable, and you'd lead us to be people who, who have each other's backs in prayer. And we believe, and stir this belief up in us, please, we believe that when we pray, you work, and we're gonna be watching for how you work in response to our prayers for each other. We'll give you praise for that. And again, Jesus, all this comes to us through you. We're incredibly grateful, so we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for being here. It's good to be with you guys. I'm really glad we have this time together each week. Um, We'll be back next weekend. So I, I love you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.